This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Thursday afternoon, January 27th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. Elon Musk says it's more important for Tesla to make a robot than new car models this year. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, GDP closed out 2021 stronger than expected despite the Omicron variant. And the Federal Reserve has clarified its path to tighter monetary policy. We welcome in Bob Bruska, chief economist, fact and opinion economics based in New York. Bob, thanks for joining us. 6.9% that annualized rate of growth for the fourth quarter of 2021. Highest or or best year for economic growth since 1984. Uh, With those lofty eye-popping numbers, where do we go from here? Well, you know, it's going to be a a year ahead where things are going to slow down. We've had this uh, really uh, rocket-like increase. Uh, GDP is up 5.5% year over year with uh, consumer spending up 7.1%, and those are in real terms. So this has been uh, a really strong uh, period of, of 12 months, and we're going to see the economy settle down as it slows back to a more sustainable path. Uh, in the fourth quarter, as strong as GDP was, there was a, uh, a small decline in spending on non-durables. Durable spending was up at a 1.6% annual rate. Now, that was a big turnaround from Q3 when it fell at a 24% annual rate. We still have problems with chips for cars and things like that. We still have supply problems. Um, so remember, all that is still in the mix. But the overall GDP number was large partly because we are able to get inventories growing again. And inventories have been very weak, and they had a, a huge uh, fourth quarter. And this is the thing that really uh, pumped GDP up. And is it safe to say that the economic growth in 2021 was kind of a strong reversion to the mean, back to the way uh, things were trending in late 2019? Yeah, I guess I would describe it as a, as a movement back toward trend. Um, we, if you look at the, if you plot the level of GDP, and if you plot it on a chart and you extend the trend line, uh, we're still below that trend line. The level of GDP is above where it was when COVID struck, but of course we have population growth every year. So you really want to think of where we are compared to the trend that's in place. And so we're still not back to trend, even though we do have more GDP than we had when Omicron, when, I'm sorry, when COVID first struck. And now we have this Omicron variant that is very transmissible, but not as dangerous. And we're already seeing in the Denmark is saying that, hey, this is something that isn't a threat anymore. We just have to live with it. And they're putting their guard down. But meanwhile, you've got China and Hong Kong that are still pursuing a, a zero COVID policy. So COVID is being treated very differently in different parts of the world. It's very hard to see uh, 
how things are going to progress because we don't know how countries are going to treat it. And very quickly, uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell outlining uh, the first half of the road, uh, the first half of the roadmap as far as interest rate hikes are concerned. Uh, this is a reactive policy. How far is the Fed behind the eight ball when it comes to combating inflation? Well, you can see what the inflation rate is. You know, it's over seven percent on the CPI, and that's a problem. But the Fed, I, I don't think that people should be so excited about this. The Fed is going to go after the inflation problem. They're going to contain it. They're going to take their time. We are probably going to have a little bit more inflation than you'd like for a longer period of time, but Powell does not want to create a recession. He talks about getting unemployment down requires having a long expansion, and that means he's going to be careful about raising rates. He's going to be careful to raise rates, but he's going to be careful about how he raises rates. Thanks for joining us. Bob Bruska, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. Coming up, a look at Tesla's foray into robots. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Elon Musk says his robot, codenamed Optimus, is the most important product that Tesla is developing this year. Here to explain is Garrett Nelson, Vice President, CFRA in Richmond, Virginia. Garrett, thanks for joining us. When you're dealing with Elon Musk and his uh, knack for self-promotion, uh, it's it's sometimes uh, get it's easy to get lost inside the hype. But uh, this robot announcement uh, seems to address a very real need uh, that is causing problems for everybody in 2022. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you know, Tesla reported another great quarter. It was their ninth beat in the last ten quarters, um, and then on the conference call. He started talking about the robot, and, you know, I think it was really, uh, you know, beyond what it, investors were really looking for. And so I think, you know, you're, you're seeing um, the stock, you know, trading lower today. A lot of investors just questioning, you know, trying to wrap their head around the robot, the, the, the uh, realistic market potential of such a product, and, um you know, kind of viewing it as a distraction from the core vehicle business at the moment. But, you know, that's Elon Musk's nature. He's a visionary. He's looking many years into the future. And, um, you know, he's he's certainly executed, uh, you know, up till now um, with with his with his electric vehicle concept. And he was way ahead of anyone else uh, when it comes to that. So, um, you know, I think investors are really just trying to uh, wrap their head around this uh, Optima uh, robot. And uh, according to Musk, uh, Optimus w- is going to fill the gaps in the labor market as they exist today because businesses are having a very hard time uh, attracting or retaining employees. And uh, his bet is, if those conditions persist, uh, Optimus could step in in certain situations. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a bold uh, uh, pronouncement, but um, I think investors want to see the more practical uh, applications of, of such a robot. So, uh, so far, we've only had a glimpse of, of what that looks like, and, it, and it's just relatively new in the last uh, couple of quarters, really. So, um, you know, it's, it's really stay tuned. I think in the near term, investors are more, more focused on the ramp up of the two new plants, one in Texas and the other in Germany. And then um, when their three new uh, vehicle models uh, will will uh, first be produced, the Cybertruck, the Semi, and the Roadster. And uh, just, you know, all, all the robotics talk aside, I mean, 2021 seems to be the year of the electric vehicle, and Tesla was there first. 
That's right. And, you know, so far this year, there's been an aggressive uh, shift in fund flows from growth to value. And so, you know, Tesla is a very high growth, um, kind of a poster child of, of high growth stocks, um, has, has really been hit. And the stock has sold off here really since it hit a record high in early November. So I think you're seeing more of that today. Um, but, you know, we're, we're optimistic that uh, the stock is, is nearing a, uh, a short-term bottom, and uh, this, this is a good uh, buying opportunity here. So your, your recommendation is buy? Buy $1,300 12-month price target. Well, thanks for joining us. Garrett Nelson, Vice President CFRA in Richmond, Virginia. Coming up next, inflation hits McDonald's on both the food and labor fronts. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. McDonald's is out with its quarterly earnings. Joining us with the latest is Matt Shapiro, president, MWS Capital, based in Chicago. Matt, it would appear that McDonald's has been hit by the two storylines of the recovery, higher labor costs and higher food costs. Absolutely. But, you know, one thing I do want to uh, point out, the market's sort of having a uh, balanced reaction to McDonald's earnings, kind of just flat for the day on what is perceived to be a miss. And as you say, these couple factors affecting their margins. However, earnings were up 18 percent year over year. You know, those are not easy comparisons. Uh, Same store sales growth in the United States and Europe and their, their crucial markets were actually really, really strong. So one of the only real misses was a little bit in China and Australia, where they're having more coronavirus lockdowns. You know, that is something that over time will, will ease up. So yeah, at the end of the day, I'm looking at this a little bit more constructively. You know, when 6.9% GDP, that flows through to the top line of McDonald's, notwithstanding, of course, those commodity costs, food costs, and labor costs, which is something, of course, everyone's going to have to deal with over the next couple of years. It's interesting that year-over-year sales were up by double digits, especially since McDonald's, uh, just by virtue of uh, having a lot of drive through locations across the country, uh, had a couple of pandemic-proof crumple zones. They could still operate even if uh, indoor dining was not allowed in a particular region. Right. And, you know, so it's it's really withstood, uh, you know, all the all the tests really thrown at it uh, through the various things of coronavirus, the economy. So, you know, for us, it's kind of a core stock. Remember, it pays a dividend of two point two percent, which is better than a 30 year bond. So, you know, given its pricing power, given its ability to draw effectively to increase uh, sales in Tough markets where you know commodity costs are difficult to control, labor is hard, um, you know paper is a, is a huge expense for them. You know we really think in, in, in this kind of market that's why you're seeing you know with the, with the Dow gyrating, McDonald's actually doing okay today. Digital sales surpassed 18 billion dollars in 2021 very quickly. How is McDonald's doing in the app wars? And we're not talking about appetizers. Well, I've noticed, you know, if anyone's uh, listeners out there go to the McDonald's now, um, it's kind of ubiquitous. So, um, you know, people like the drive-through; they like to come in. But you know, there's the, the those ordering kiosks that really speed things up, and I think that's a trend that's going to accelerate to try to j- just offset and just increase. You know, people are going to workers at McDonald's are going to get paid more, but it's just a matter of increasing that productivity with all the technology. 
Well, thanks for joining us. Matt Shapiro, president NWS Capital based in Chicago. Still ahead, deploying augmented reality technology to the battlefield and then a look at market conditions for home buyers. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CBS News special report. High praise from President Biden for Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, who went to the White House today to announce his retirement plans. Justice Breyer's worked tirelessly to give faith to the notion that the law exists to help the people. Mr. Biden says he'll announce his replacement pick by the end of next month. As for Breyer, he spoke to the complexities, differences and nuances of the American people. This is a complicated country. There are more than 330 million people. And my mother used to say it's every race, it's every religion, and she would emphasize this, and it's every point of view possible. CBS's Ed O'Keefe says Mr. Biden reiterated his commitment to nominating a black woman. While this is definitely designed to acknowledge an underrepresented group of people, especially in the legal world, and one that this president believes should be reflected on the nation's highest court, it's also, in essence, a way of saying thank you to a key constituency of the Democratic Party. CBS News Special Report. I'm Matt Piper. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks have turned lower, giving up the gains from earlier in the session. Joining us with the latest in what's moving Wall Street is Hugh Johnson, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Hugh Johnson Economics, based in Albany, New York. Hugh, thanks for joining us today. Despite all of the positive news out of the fourth quarter GDP report, best economic growth in 2021 since 1984, it seems like the financial markets cannot escape the law of gravity and that a correction is going on and nothing can stop it. Yeah, I think that's a great, great question is whether it's really a correction or one of the one of the positions that a lot of investors are taking is that this is more than a correction. It's really the start of a bear market that's going to be accompanied by a recession. I don't buy that. I don't think the numbers tell us that. But nevertheless, there's a lot of worries about that. The worries that really essentially, Rob, are saying that the Federal Reserve is going to be too aggressive for maybe five increases in interest rates this year, for next year. That'll be too much, and that'll put the economy into not a tailspin, but certainly a weak spot. And I think there's a lot of concern about the economy, a lot of concern about earnings, and it's all touched off by Federal Reserve policy. Well, it sounds like you have investors who are, it's a combination of concern and confusion about what the Fed is trying to do here. Because in, in previous cycles where they have hiked rates, uh, they were ahead of the curve and there was a very defined roadmap for how that was going to go. And now it seems like they're trying to build the plane while it's in flight. Yeah, it's really difficult. If you look at the record, the record shows that monetary policy or the Federal Reserve often brings a cycle to the end, uh, not all the time, but very often. In other words, the Federal Reserve, including members of the Open Market Committee, can make mistakes. And when they make mistakes, it can hurt the economy. They go too far, too fast. And I think that's the concern this time. 
it's not very clear what the Federal Reserve is going to do, whether it's going to be just a couple of interest rate increases, two or three this year, or even more, say five this year and four next year. So it's not clear. And that uncertainty by itself has created some problems for the markets. And that's why you see the uncertainty showing up in a decline in stock prices. Everybody's asking that question. How severe is this going to be? Is this simply a correction? Or is this going to be a bear market accompanied by a recession? I happen to believe it's just a correction. You mentioned that before, and I think that's going to be the outcome. But nevertheless, there are a lot of concerns that it might be something more than that. Did the American consumer blow off his or her pent-up demand in 2021? Or do they still have uh, some big plans for 2022? I think I wouldn't call them big plans, Rob, but I would say they definitely have plans. Now, to some extent, when you take a look at the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter was very strong, as you mentioned, 6.9%. The first quarter is going to be extremely weak. It's a very poor handoff from the fourth quarter to the first quarter because they're going to come into the first quarter with very significant inventories, and those inventories have got to be worked off in the first quarter and likely to create, you know, not very good numbers for the first quarter. You might see something like, 1.5% growth in GDP for the first quarter versus the 6.9% that we saw in the fourth quarter. But I would hasten to say that, importantly, that that although the economy is clearly slowing, although it will slow down in 2022, I don't believe it's going to be negative. I think it's going to be a number for 2022, like 3.8% versus the 5.7% for 2021. So positive growth, and that's good news for the stock market, but we've got to get through this call it a dry spell right now before we get to better numbers in the second, third, and fourth quarters. Thanks for joining us, Hugh Johnson, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Hugh Johnson Economics, based in Albany, New York. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, augmented reality is a game changer on the battlefield. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Augmented reality and virtual reality being used in the battlefield in a host of ways. Joining us now to discuss this revolutionary technology is Matt Wren, co-founder and chief tech officer of Bundle AR based in Chicago. Matt, thanks for joining us today. When it comes to augmented reality, let's begin inside of a a fighter jet. Uh, How does augmented reality differ from the heads-up display that a fighter pilot it may see in the cockpit today? Uh, well, sure. Let me first talk, you know, some of us remember, and I might be dating myself here, but the movie Top Gun, where you see, you know, kind of a heads up display where the, the pilot is looking just forward through the windshield and there's kind of a screen, a see-through screen in front of them that has like this sort of green radar tracker that's tracking the plane off in the distance. So that's what, you know, we're kind of used to for a heads-up display. And with augmented reality, what you're seeing, and I guess the the one that kind of comes to mind here, is they're wearing a helmet, and the helmet's actually tied to cameras that are around the outside of the plane. So what they're seeing is they're seeing a projection inside their helmet, and no matter which way they turn their head, they're almost able to to just see kind of through the plane, see outside of the plane as if the plane wasn't there. So you can see, uh, if if you're Maverick, you could see Goose's plane, crystal clear inside your VR helmet in the Top Gun of 2022. 
Well, I was going to say, I think Goose would be sitting right behind you, but maybe you'd be able to see Iceman's plane. And, you'd, you know, you're, it would be like if he was down below to the right off your wing, you wouldn't see the wing. You'd just be able to see his plane there. But, yes, exactly. Yeah, Matt, you caught me. I haven't seen Top Gun in a while. Let's move on now to the to the battlefield. Uh, if we're going to continue a pop culture as augmented reality, a medic, a combat medic, uh, can use augmented reality with a device very similar to the Star Trek tricorder. Well, and, you know, when it comes down to it, augmented reality device right now is your smartphone. Like most of us have an augmented reality device in our pocket. And so medics on the field could use their the, a smartphone, maybe not their personal smartphone, but they could use a smartphone as an augmented reality device because that is kind of the principal augmented reality device right now. It's not a lot of people, you know, when you talk about virtual reality, you think about the headset that you have to wear. Most augmented reality is actually being delivered by a mobile device. And uh, augmented reality, even though we're talking about it, and it does sound like future tech arriving, uh, and we still have to wrap our heads around it. For example, if you have an app on your phone, and I have this app on my phone, where you just uh, take a picture of a plant you have in your backyard, and you don't know what it is, and then it tells you what that plant is just by looking at it, that's a form of augmented reality. Yeah, in that case, what you're doing is you're using uh, image recognition. So you probably you were probably using something like Google Lens at that point. So that was you know taking a picture, and then that image was being sent up to the cloud, and Google was running AI against it to say you know what does this look like? Is this, is this a plant? Is it a flower? Is it something else? With augmented reality, the way augmented reality would be used there would be to actually take that information and project it right on top of the plant. So you're taking digital augmented reality is basically taking digital information and displaying it over the context of the physical world. And what are some of the ways that uh, a, a, a battlefield medic could benefit from AR uh, in, in helping people and actually saving lives? Well, I mean, when we're talking about augmented reality for the warfighter, it's, you know, medic's a good example. They, you know, a lot of times a medic will just need, they'll need some information right when they're in, you know, at, at the moment where they are right then and there. When we think of the battlefield, obviously, there's a lot going on. You know, most of us, when we think of where we think of the battlefield, soldiers have to deal with all sorts of things, logistics, getting equipment there, setting equipment up. The medic might have to, you know, find information on some new equipment. Assuming he runs across uh, a wound that he's not, not trained to handle, he might be dealing with a piece of equipment. So he could use his mobile device to point at the equipment that he has to use to treat a wound and get the instructions right then and there displayed right over the piece of equipment they have to use. So whether, again, that could be a medic, that could be somebody setting up a weapon system, that could be somebody, you know, just setting up, a, uh, fixing a truck. I mean, anything, the augmented reality would work the same way no matter how it's being used. It's displaying information right when and where you need it. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Matt Wren, co-founder and chief tech officer of Bundle AR based in Chicago. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday and still to come, shopping for a home in today's tight housing market. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Supply is tight. Mortgage rates are rising. Prices are high. Joining us now to talk about what's putting a squeeze on house hunters is Steve Kirch, real estate editor, Market Watch, based in Chicago. Steve, thanks for joining us. The uh, housing market is still white hot. In fact, it's so hot, uh, if you want to sell your home, you don't even have to bake cookies or bread to entice people during a showing. No, uh, in in fact, Rob, it might be just the opposite. If you're the home buyer, maybe you should be bringing the cookies and the bread uh, to the homeowners because you're going to be running up uh, against um, 
other buyers who are out there as well with very low inventory. Only 4,100 homes came on the market in the entire Chicago metro area the first week of January. That was 25% less than the year ago, and we are already at low inventory levels. So that's really putting a big crimp in home buyers' ability to find what they want. And that, with uh, rising mortgage rates, could make things uh, very stressful for people who are trying to uh, upgrade, uh, get into a bigger space. Uh, now they find themselves with uh, more income. Absolutely. More mortgage rates are already at their highest level of the pandemic era. Uh, the Fed has said they're going to raise rates. That's not going to be a surprise come spring. Uh, so mortgage rates are likely only going to go higher. Uh, prices continue to rise, too. That's another squeeze that uh, home buyers have. It's definitely going to be a seller's market, particularly in the suburbs of Chicago this spring. Uh, the city may find a, a little more choice. Their prices weren't rising quite as fast in the latest data as, as was happening in the suburbs. So maybe home buyers in the city are going to catch a little break, but most things are working against the buyers today. Very quickly, if you're a buyer and you also like to be 100% comfortable in a very major, a massive purchase like buying a home, uh, you got to put some of those uh, concerns in your pocket and jump on something because it's a, a very competitive marketplace. Right. You have to, it's the old Boy Scout motto, be prepared. You have to have a mortgage pre-approved, know what you can buy, be ready to expand your search parameters uh, because there's, you know, you, you might not get exactly what you want, where you want, and sell yourself. Uh, like in a job interview, you know, a lot of homeowners are getting a lot of money already for their houses. Uh, might not, you know, sometimes something else might make the difference other than price when you're bidding. Maybe they just decide that, you know, you like their neighborhood and, and you could be a good part of it and they want to do right by their neighbors. So sometimes those intangibles can help. Well, thanks for joining us. Steve Kirch, real estate editor with MarketWatch based in Chicago. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.